If you're an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who is interested in the property market, then this show is for you. This is the UK Property Market Stat Show. My name is Chris Watkin, and I'm joined today by Ben Madam. Wave to the lovely people at home, Ben. And we're here to talk about what's happening in the UK property market this week. Every other property uh, stats in terms of land registry and all the other sets of data are talking about data, which is six to nine months old. So if, if when the house price indexes are talking about house prices now, we're actually talking about house prices that were actually being a sale agreed last summer. We're here to talk about what's happening here and now. So we're going to talk about what's coming on the market. Why is that important? Because if too many houses are coming on the market, too much supply, prices will go down. We're going to look at the number of houses that are actually selling and what they're actually selling for. And then we're going to talk about price reductions and net sales and all other stats. So if you're a bit of a stat geek, this is this shows for you. So you can give an idea of where the property market's going. Ben, welcome back to the show. We're on week 10, which is week uh, commencing Monday, the 6th of March and ending on Sunday, the 12th. Thanks for coming back. You did a cracking job a few weeks ago, so I've asked you back. Much no worries, mate. Shall we crack on and have a look at the stat of rumors? Let's let's cut the rubbish and get straight to the L point here. So, as always, boys and girls, we always start with the listings because without listings, nothing happens. That's new properties on the market to anyone who is not an estate agent. And first off, we're going to look at week ten as a standalone, and then we're going to compare it with the previous weeks and previous years. So, Ben, not much to say there, mate. Is there? <laughs> It's a strong start. First line in loss for words. Um, yeah, I mean, it is much of the same, isn't it? It's, it's consistency. It's, this is, you know, this is what, I guess these are sort of numbers you'd expect. First week in March. Looks good. You know, happy that we're not in a position where we're saying we don't have enough properties coming to the market. I'd much rather be in the position we are than to be saying there's not enough. So, yeah, I think reasonably strong. And again, boys and girls, if you are a bit of a property geek, look, you know, each week, go on to Rightmove and just see how many properties have come on the market in the last seven days, because on Rightmove and Supra, you can do that. And make a mental note and write down how many houses are coming on the market. Because one of the causes of the house, not what caused the house price crash, but what caused the house's prices to drop in 2008, was that there was too many houses coming on the market. And it's a classic demand and supply. If too many houses come on the market, then then um then prices go down so again another a fantastic way to judge the property market is type in your town and just see how many properties are for sale at any one time and then just just measure that every couple of weeks and see where the trend is going right um moving on we then now look at the average listing price which um presently stands at 430 now, again, I know we're going to talk about the difference between the average price of a house coming on, a, pardon me, on the market versus what it's what it, uh, the stuff that's actually selling. And I'd like—I know you've done some homework on that, Ben, but I'd like—should we talk about that now, or should we actually wait until we get to the sale agreed bits? I think it's better to look at to look at the, for me. There are three metrics that tie together quite nicely: average listing price, average asking price change, and average sale agreed price. Those three. They all they have a relationship, those three, and they have done every year. But what we've done, you and I, over the last couple of videos we've done together, is talk about 2023 and actually not compare the performance versus 22 and 21. So, um, yeah, let, maybe let's wait till those slides come up and then we can look at the data together. Good stuff. I mean, to give you an idea, uh, the average price of a property that has come on the market in the last month has been £423,000, and it has been steadily rising from around the late 300s in January. So some people would say that's overvaluing. Anyone who's not an estate agent, overvaluing is when a, a, an estate agent overcooks the price that, the, 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 that they suggest to put the house on the market just to get the listing, because some estate agents get paid on paid bonuses on listings, not actually selling your house. So it's in their advantage to give you an overinflated price because they know they can beat you down week in week's time. But that does end up meaning you end up losing your property, which I think is a if you're looking for a property because yours doesn't sell, which I think is an awful trait of some, not all estate. Is that correct? Isn't it? Some estate, well, not all. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I take your point. There are some agents that will overvalue. Some it's lack of skill. Some it's incorrect incentive. But I would also say at the moment, 
Um, I don't know if that if that is the behaviour that's driving up price points. No, um, I don't. Th no, I don't think it is because um, we looked at it last week. We looked at a uh, pound per square foot. And whilst it is rising, it's not rising by. So again, I I, th I think it's just bigger houses are coming. Profile of property, market. yeah, I would agree. The profile of property, demographic of seller, people are thinking we've peaked. Maybe we need to exit now. Mm -hmm. Downsizes, that sort of thing. Yeah, I would agree that it's much more about the property type than the individual getting the price wrong. Accumulative listings year to date. So therefore, we basically the the, the uh, we started on the first of January on all of those years from seventeen through to twenty three. And we're up to the end of week 10, which in this year, as I said, was Sunday the 12th, but whatever the Sunday was on the previous week, then the previous years, again, um, listings going quite nicely, but nothing silly high, nothing silly low. No, I mean, if you look at it, if you look at the, what's the lowest year, 292 in 2021 versus 305 now, that's a swing of, well, it's not a big swing. If you look at, if you divide the difference by 10, it's hundreds per week across an entire nation. I mean, it's, there's no difference at all, is there? There's no difference at all whatsoever. No difference at all. So anyone who's complaining they haven't got any stock, maybe your marketing's a bit off the market and other agents are getting it. Just a thought. Right then, uh, this is a nice graph. We look at what, um, this is the weekly listings, week by week in terms of number. And we're comparing that with 17, 18 and 19. The reason we do that is, is that, the those we haven't done 20 because it was the covid year and that's it's a and you can um so we you know we just we just compare you with with what i consider more normal years if they can be considered normal again just middle of the road nothing much happening there is there so no but let me ask you a question because one of my esteemed colleagues raised this with me a couple of weeks ago that he thinks that actually whilst um listings are running on parity with the sort of pre-covid years that there should actually be more more listings, more transactions, because there will be more housing stock in the market at this time, you know, five years down the line. I don't have any data or didn't have any data to have a, a really constructive argument with him about it. I wonder how many new properties have been built within the last five years that would have an impact. I can't imagine it's that big a number. What do you think? Okay, so uh, on average, uh, in the last uh, five years, uh, in terms of new properties and also those office blocks were converted, we've been bringing on about 200,000 units per year. So in the last year, in the last five years, that's that's a million units. Um, there are, and that, some of that's going to go to rentals, some of that's going to go mm -hmm. to local authority, housing association. Uh, there's 27, 28 million houses in the UK. That's that the, the numbers aren't huge. You know, think how slow yeah. builders build. So I don't, you know, that is more of an incremental Thing. I don't think you'll see a seismic thing. There is a school of thought to say that 17, 18 and 19 weren't normal years because they were the um, shitting the fan Brexit, everyone holding their breath years. I don't but think... Then, we... So we, listen, we've got to get away from this word normal. This is just such a fugazi of fugazi. There's no such thing as a normal property market. If the last two years of COVID, the four years before that were Brexit, then we had uh, uh, things going through the roof, then we had 2008, 2007. What's normal? What does this term even mean? I've got no idea. So it is what it is. The market is what it is. People always want to buy. People always want to sell. You have your highs and your lows. Yeah. I think we've got to just get away from encouraging the use of this language. And there are traditional seasonal norms, maybe, that we'll experience more this year than we did over the last two. But in terms of normality, it, the market well, is the market. You're right. You can't control the market, but you can control the way you deal with it. And I think that's where an awful lot of estate agents need to look at there, is that, you just deal with what's in front of you. The simple fact is, is that people want to move and people want to buy and people want to sell. And, you know, and we, you know, the elephant in the room, house prices, it doesn't matter what house prices are going to do. Yeah. Okay. If house prices have dropped five, 10%, that's only going to affect the people that have bought in the last year. And no one who's bought in the last year is going to be moving. Are they? Well, I mean, there, there are two things in life you can be sure of. People want to buy low. They want to sell high doesn't matter what market conditions you're in those two things will always happen your seller wants the best possible price your buyer always wants to get a deal not that they're your buyer and so occasionally agents forget that they work for the seller but market conditions will play their part there as you said right at the start of this video the more supply that enters the market the more the risk around pricing and people negotiating aggressively but that is 
I mean, I believe, and I don't like to talk about things being out of our control, but as agents, there's an element that's out of your control and you just have to put your best foot forward and justify the reason for them either offering the right price or justify to your client why actually this offer makes sense to accept now rather than hold on for another six weeks and maybe take a lower hit. So, yeah, I just think it's really important that it's not about normal market and in a normal market, I do X, Y, Z. Life is life, the market is the market. Just do your best work. And if you believe in what you're putting forward, then you'll do the best by your client. But the, expect buyers to be negotiating really aggressively right now. If I was a buyer, of course, I would be too. The media is whipping up a frenzy right now. I would be, and I bet you would be, and I bet most agents watching, this would be an absolute nightmare if we were buyers right now. But well, I, I, tell you here, I tell you now, you know I'm a bit of a stat geek, and I will chuck these stats out at the national press. They're ghosting, <laughs> Okay. Ghosting me. Don't even want to take it personally. Don't, Don't take it personally. It's not you. No, I know it's not. It's the, it's the, it's their agenda. But I tell you what, you give them a sniff, a sniff of a slightly not sure about this. Honestly, like a tramp on chips. Okay. Well, it, listen though, it it's confusing out there, right? I, we're agents, and I bet it's confusing for a lot of agents, myself included. When I'm giving feedback to the team, we're talking through what's going on in the world. The mass media, the world's about to end. The trade press. You can see, and any given day, you can see a dozen stories that contradict each other. House price index like this, like that. Property prices are increasing. Withdrawal rates are increasing. There's so much that contradicts itself. And then all I'm conscious of is that me, you, whoever's doing this show with you, we've got to be very conscious that we aren't trying to be too heavily the counterbalance. Life is wonderful. It's rainbows and unicorns. I think it's tough out there right now. Anecdotally, I know agents. I, 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 I tell you, now the thing that we're going to come on to now, the thing that really scares me is net sales. The sales yeah. are good, but compared to seventeen, set eighteen and nineteen, we're about ten or twelve percent off, and we're about thirty or forty percent off um, the um, the figures of we're getting in twenty one, twenty two. That is, you know, the bottom line is estate agencies that is that, and we'll come on to it is that there is going to be less money coming into your pipelines. Yeah. Your your business is not driven by house prices, okay? Your business is driven by simply transactions. And if you are not putting your fees up, and if you turn around to me and say, I can't put my fees up, then you bloody well have to prove to the punter why you're worth more. And if you can't prove that you're worth more, then you don't deserve any more. Now, we're going to be showing you software that shows you how to do that. There are people out there that can show you how you can earn more money. Uh, you know, Ben. You know, Ben. You work for the Fine and Country Network. I know you get a. I know you get decent fees. There are other Fine and Countries that get awful fees. The only difference is, is the person looking in the mirror. It doesn't matter what brands behind you. Anyway, should we get back to the listings? Get back off my heels. <laughs> Let's crack on. Right then, price changes again. It shows that the agents are working their stock game, mate. Eh? Eighteen thousand. Uh, we're looking at uh, in terms of agents working their stock. Somewhere around 7.1 to 7.2 of their stock, they are um, reducing on a month-by-month basis. I do have the monthly stats. I just, and I said last week I was going to upload them. It's just that the, the life got in the way. It's a bit of a, a few, a couple of hour job, but I will sort it out soon, all being well, I promise, fingers crossed. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, this is good to see properties, uh, properties coming down, which sounds awful. Properties getting to a saleable position, saleable position is actually what I'm looking for. I think, yeah, agents doing their job, certainly, but I also think media is playing a part here in the consumer that's been on the market for an extended period of time. They've come to the realisation, a lot of them, that, yeah, the market has become more price sensitive. So whilst we can complain about the media, they're probably helping some agents to get their properties to the right price. Bang on. Okay, the average price of a property being reduced. So this is the original asking price of the property when it got reduced we don't have the data to how much it's been reduced by but i just think it's just a, a nice thing to see just to give you a flavor of what's happening in the market should we now come on and talk to gross sales so gross sales is just the number of houses that you've sold in a week okay um so 2016 37 000, um to be honest with you, I think there's an anomaly in that figure. So we're going to ignore that uh, because that was the first year that this data was used. So I think just ignore that for a second because mm -hmm. uh, I think there were some bugs in the system at that time because 2016 was definitely not as good as to 2021. But again, 23,000, it doesn't look particularly brilliant compared to other years. But again, compared to these 17 and 18. Um, I mean, I, I, look, I think it's, 
it, it's not rocket science, you know. The numbers look good. The last two years, no one's expecting the last two years. And actually, I think if you look at a five-year average, we're looking in, you, you know, in a good place. I think if you allow for market cycles, looking at five-year averages makes the most sense. If you assume that every year is going to be better than the last, then you're a lunatic. Um, and at some point, there's got to be a realisation that there can't be as many transactions as there was over the last couple. So, it, 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 But uh, what's really interesting, again, anecdotally, conversation I've had recently is not the going under offer, it's getting the pipeline through. And so that that under offer position looks reasonable, but with the time it's taking to get the pipeline converted, that's the major concern for agents. And obviously, our, the data we're looking at here doesn't doesn't necessarily support that conversation, but that's something for everyone to consider, pipeline management, I think. Absolutely right. And, you know, there are firms out there, you know, I find it absolutely amazing. You know, there are firms like, and this is not an advert, but, you know, outsource sales progression. If you go and talk to the top three of them, all of them will say, we will get them through on average within 12 weeks. So yeah, why? Uh, well, they, and, yeah, we had a really good conversation yesterday, a group I was with about the different things you can do about pipeline conversion. But the, the root cause being, don't sit on it. Get your hand, get stuck in, get dirty, get everyone in the chain involved, have that dialogue and start to work it. But you're right. If, if there's a resource issue, then outsourcing is such a great solution. OK, so um, let's look. This is a cumulative gross sales um, and we are up to two hundred and four thousand, which, again, compared to 18 and 19, very, you know, not bad at all, are they? I don't think so. I, I mean, I, yeah, not bad compared to the, the Brexit years. I think actually, though, those years, 17, 18, 19, probably started reasonably consistency where we came in off the back of a bit of a scary quarter fall. And so I think we're going to build momentum, actually, and we'll surpass them as time goes on this year because there's more confidence generally. Uh, weekly gross sales, again, showing, again, like the listing, bubbling along. Yeah. Nice and consistent. Fall throughs. So um, five. I mean, again, what always amazes me is the number of fall throughs in twenty one, twenty two. You know, these are crazy, crazy years for sales. We seem to forget that the fall throughs and five thousand two hundred ninety nine is the average number of fall throughs per week for the last seven years. So that's not just week ten. That's every week for the last seven that's years. Every week for the last seven years. Interesting. Mm, that is quite interesting. It, um, the average, I think, is 24.29, if memory serves me well, or, some, or 92, okay? Net sales versus gross sales, just talking basically, again, standalone weeks. Um, again, not looking, you know, looking at, like we said, average. And I think net sales are important because that's the stuff that goes into your pipeline and eventually you get paid on. Um, this is, this is, I think this is a more important graph here, is accumulative net sales since January 1. And we are a little bit off the mark here with uh, on 154, which is 92.3% of the average of 17, 18 and 19. Yeah, I mean, as I said a moment ago, I do think the first few weeks of 2023 were probably slower than 17, 18, 19. So there's a bit of catching up to be done. Possibly, possibly excuse me, by the end of quarter one, we're at parity with those years. But one question I've got is how many more agents are working the market nowadays than there were back in those years? Are we looking at these net sales being shared between a lot more agents? If you look on the right move data, the number of estate agents that they profess to have as clients has hardly changed okay. in the last six or seven years. Okay. Um, what is particularly interesting is, is that I do actually have the data for the, the, the cumulative sales on net sales. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to start and just share another screen uh, with you here. And it's this, it's this, I don't know if you can see at the bottom, well, I'm scrolling up to the top and here's net sales. Okay. I don't know if you can see that. Okay. Yeah. And you can see that where, where we were on week one with net sales, week two, week three, and you're absolutely right. Is that, you know, that we had a slower start to net sales you know, look, by week two, we were at 15,000, whilst in 17, we were at 20, 18, 17. By week three, we're up to 31,000. But again, these were, yeah. but let's ignore 21, 22, because they were great years. And again, 48. So uh, you're absolutely bang on that we had a bit of a hangover from the new year compared to other years. So I'd, I'd love to see whether that gap narrows slightly. I mean, if net sales... 
you know, if you if we'll just scroll up to the top, sorry about this, pardon your eyes, but net sales here, which is on line 12, you can see, look, she's she's getting better and better, yeah. and better throughout the, you know, and, you know, net sales on, okay, the, the, this figure here, which was last week's net sales, 18,465, was the best week for net sales since August 22. And some people said, well, it's just a flash in the pan. Well, it isn't a flash in the pan because this week we had 18,367. And the two weeks before that, or the three weeks before that, we've been around 17,000. Yeah, look, I think, you know, it, it, I, I'm a data fiend, hence me being on here with you. But I think the stories and the anecdotes and the interaction with consumers and actually agents around the country is really important. And it feels like sentiment is quite positive. I mean, maybe for context, it's more positive than it was at the end of last year. I think people are coming to the realisation that mortgage rates are what they are. You know, there's a certain um, age profile that are used to paying 5%. That's, you know, for the last 10 years. Okay, for the last 10 years, there's a big chunk of the market that have got used to paying virtually no interest. But for the rest of us, 5% is 5%. Um, I appreciate property prices have gone up, so that 5% looks like a lot bigger a number. But GDP, quarter four, didn't enter recession. GDP growth in January. You know, there's there's less and less, I think, um, genuine negativity from the media. And it's much more, what can we bait people into thinking now? I think people have, there's a resilience. You know, the people around the UK, we're wise to these media types that would, would scare us. And now we need to get on with our lives. And I think that's what's happening right now. I think net sales are catching up. I think, I mean, fingers crossed by the end of the quarter, we're back to where we were in the Brexit years. And the rest of the year, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of quietly optimistic that the second half of the year could, could turn out quite nicely. Nicely for who? Um, nicely for agents that are worried right now. And I'm conscious that there are a load of agents watching this there's a big chunk that are having absolutely, yeah, fantastic starts to the year. They were worried how the year was going to start and it started really positive and they're doing really great things. There's also a chunk of agents that have only been in agency or agency ownership for the last couple of years. Maybe they're having recruitment issues right now, which makes it really difficult for them to do good business. Maybe they can get into grips with new marketing. There's a whole load of issues that we don't discuss here. Those agents that are experiencing those issues are not having rock star starts to the year. And I just want to put their mind at ease that if they push through this tough period, then I think they're going to be okay this year. I think there's enough transactions to go around. You're not going to have the best year of your life. And not every year can be the best year of your life. You had a couple of good years, you've got to accept a couple of tougher years. But I think we can all get through this. I think if everyone, mm, yeah, I'm going to sound a bit like a hippie there. I don't want to sound like a hippie. I think if we work our ass off, we really graft our way through and do the right things. I think it's going to be okay in the second half of the year. There'll be enough transactions to go around. That's my well, belief. Okay. My fear at the moment is that some estate agents, I've got poor pipelines and panicking. And the, one of the easiest things to do uh, when is to cut your marketing. But, it, you know, cutting marketing is like cutting your oxygen off uh, when you're drowning. Because you need the marketing to get the listings that you're going to be paid on, you know, it's a difficult one because you're spinning plates and you've really got so much money coming in. But, you know, it's almost, I don't know, cutting your marketing while when things are tough. Well, is, I think there's, there's two it's areas. Like your, it's like putting your brakes on when, when it's on ice, you know. Yeah. You need to create it, that traction. You're, you're right. Marketing, and I think the other one that people cut quite often is training or personnel development, which I think actually um, – are the two, two most important areas. When things get tough, when there's less business out there, first you need to create the opportunities, marketing, then you need to justify working your agency, training. For me, they're the two areas that are most important. And at this time, if if agents are, are worried and they want to reduce their spend, for those that are maybe, I don't want to use the term brave, I think that's actually horrible. Um, I want to use the language. For those that are ready to to make that investment and maybe have enough reserves to say you know what irrespective of what comes over the next six months we've got the reserves to invest in marketing invest in people if you make that investment now the second half of your year i think will be very very strong good stuff right let's just finish off the national stats um and then we'll go and look at the regions um so um again we don't spend too much time on this but some people are a bit geeky the, uh, as i said the average number of weekly fall throughs this is the seven year average not for week 10 but the whole of the seven years 24.28 so again fall throughs are at a lower level 
price changes as a percentage of listings. And again, that just shows the agents are working their stock. So um, shall we move on and look at, um, now, does that look better? You're going to be better at this. Does that look better uh, on, on the sharing screen, uh, Ben, or does this look better? What, what do you see? What's going to be boss best? Option one. Option one, right, there you go. Never say we don't listen, boys and girls. Right then, okay, so what we've got here is, as you can see across the top, is the week commencing Monday, which is whatever the week is, and then the, what actual week it is, so we can compare individual weeks. Green is good, red is bad, okay? And as you can quite clearly see, new instructions have been getting better, price changes have been getting better, sold with the contracts have been getting better, fall throughs, uh, and then um, and then net sale, again, getting better. Nothing, you know, nothing untoward there, is there? No, and I think it fits with with sentiment. I think it fits with confidence in agency. Um, and I think it will continue to get better. Um, right. Budget today, that'll be interesting, or it might not be. Um, spring market arriving. Uh, I'm genuinely excited to see what the spring market brings. Um, when that arrives, because um, I think that's the litmus test, actually, for how the consumer feels about the market. Now, you did say, uh, you did say, Ben, that you wanted to talk about the relationship between average asking price of stuff coming on the market and what it's selling for. And I know we touched on that earlier on, but let's just spend a couple of minutes here. And again, I think it's important here is, look, this line here is, is the average price of properties coming on the market. So we've been hovering around the 420, 430 mark. The stuff that's actually been selling on this line here 340, 330, 350, 350, 350. There's a, there's a pattern here. There is, but you know what? So as I said, what we've done every time I've been on the show with you is we look at this in 2023, but we don't we don't actually run the comparison. So 2023, currently we're listing at about 430 and we're agreeing sales at about 358. In 2022, we were listing at 405, so listing at a lower price point, but we were also agreeing at a lower price point at 352. So, so right well the average in 2022 was a 16 percent difference 16.4 okay whilst if you take the average of the the black line which is the difference there the average that's been this year has been wait for it 20.5 okay it's not massive it's, I, I mean it's really not when you consider that we've already agreed that the av the properties that are coming to market are the issue as opposed to the price of the properties coming to market. So we've got bigger properties coming on the market. That is going to distort. Would it distort to, to 4%? Yeah, I think it probably would. I mean, in 2021, the av just so we're given the guide, the average was 13%. Okay. Okay. Um, I've yet to, I haven't done the stats for 20. Oh, here we are. The difference in 19 was 16.2. The difference in 18 Hold on, hold the line caller. It's all getting good fun here. 18.6. Uh, haven't done 17, haven't done 16. It's one of those things. That, and honestly, this, spread, this, this spreadsheet's massive. So, so the last five years, the difference is 18, 16, 13, 16, and currently 20. Yes. These, these are not scary shifts in, in percentages at all. Um, I think it just backs up the point we were making about the larger properties coming to the market, Maybe the um, yeah, and the, we the and we, of the seller. yeah, and we do have stats that show that the bigger the property, the the lesser the propensity of selling. Okay, so you yeah. know, you know, you know, in London, they, they are, you know, you put ten houses on the market to probably sell five, while it's up north, you put ten houses on the market to sell seven and a half. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can attest. That's exactly regionally. You've got these variations, and the you know, the further south you come, the price points, you know, really right. Like so therefore, I think what we need to do there is, through the insight of yourself, Ben, thank you, is, is, that, is that we are slightly above the, the long-term seven-year average, and we need to keep an eye on it. But it's not end of the world. Right, here we go. We're now looking at the regions. And again, we're not, we'll spend a little bit of time on this. You can see now. You can see these. Now, all these graphs are available to download off the YouTube link. So when you're watching this on YouTube, you have a little description, and within the description, there is a link where you can download these graphs. These graphs and everything else are not for, are for your own personal consumption. 
and not to be used on social media without express permission of myself. If you if you don't mind, if you feel the need to do it, please do contact me um, and discuss. But I think this is I'll be brutal. This is not interesting to 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 homeowners. This is of interest to estate agents. And we've got to remember, boys and girls, that this show is for estate and letting agents and property geeks, not necessarily for homeowners. You're not you know, they're not going to get the benefit from it. But in essence, green's good and red's bad. Should we just keep going through? We, now you're in a London. Like it. Yeah, no, keep it clean, keep it simple. I mean, I think it is, it, you know, understanding your own market for me is much more important than looking at the macro. I, I mean, I love a bit of macro. I, I do my my bi-weekly data review for London. We, we only cover Western South West London. I look to look at the whole of London. So I think it just pads out a really um, trustworthy, honest, professional conversation that we can have with the consumer when we can we can prove that we are aware of what's going in the wider economy and wider property market. It's important to see some of this data. What's more important is your local market and how you use this in conversation to structure the future success of selling your consumers, your clients' home. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, and, and boys and girls, it's been 35 minutes and I haven't mentioned them, but I have to mention them. Okay, so please take the piss out of me on Ben on this one. But I will, don't worry. This data comes from 20EA Insights platform. And basically, you can have this for your agency. I am not being paid to, to, to mention them. Please don't use my name. But the platform is called 20EA Insights. And you can have this data. I've obviously stripped it out of 20EA. We're going to be looking at the Insight platform in a second to look at the, the town. And you can put plot this. And you can become a property expert. Uh, but as I said, I'm not being paid to say this. Right, go on then, take the fucking piss out of well, I, I, I won't take the piss, you're a fanboy, but they provide data, so I, I'm a fanboy as well. But what I would say is, you know, you talk about people not going to, yeah, maybe they're reducing their marketing spend. They may not see the value in, 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 in spending money with a provider of data. The hack is, and you said it at the start of this, this show, Right Move Plus will give you a lot of really good data. It'll give you a lot of really useful data, Simple stuff, what's on the market, average price points, how many have gone under offer, what's doing price reductions. They're the conversations that need to be had with, I believe, your current sellers about correct pricing strategy and actually your your sellers that are, or your prospective yeah. sellers, because that's how you know they want they want an economist, they don't want a historian. What's happening right now is much more important than what was happening previously. But by looking at past data, it can look like you know what you're talking about. And I think you know, oh, yeah, remember. Yeah. Look, look at the Property Academy and the Best Estate Agent Guide. They do a survey of 20,000 vendors. And one of the number one reasons why an estate agent they pick is someone that knows the market. I find it, I know, I, I bang on this about this all the time. We, we are the gatekeepers, the second most interesting topic in the world to the British people. The first being weather, the second property. So why don't we talk about it? I mean, if you don't mind me saying, the best estate agents in the UK that charge the most, obviously apart from your own, Ben, you know, Savills, Knight Frank, they don't have marketing departments. They have research departments who who take this data and make it look pretty and gorgeous. And you, you know, you can outsource this to Data Loft, and there are other firms out there that that write that create content and become the local guru of expert of property. Right, if you want to look outside of a state agency, who are the most trusted professionals in the world? They're normally the ones that have worked the hardest, studied the longest, have the qualifications. They're the people that drive trust. There ain't, there's 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 certainty in that they have worked very hard to get where they are and they're able to prove it. Maybe you're sitting in the room with a medical professional or a solicitor or an accountant. Our job is to drive that trust through our knowledge, our experience. And this this meet on the bone is how we do that. This is absolutely being an expert in terms of data, previous and current. I mean, it's huge if you want to... Um, get away from that stereotype yeah. estate agent that's all sell, sell, sell instead of day-to-day -to, -day -to, -day -to -day. Well, You are a property guru as an estate agent. If you are not interested in this data, then I'm sorry, you're a glorified salesman or woman, but you are you are the person who is selling the most valuable piece of assets. And just looking at comparables, that means you're an estate agent, but doesn't make you a property professional. And using this data, data loft, uh, fantastic there are other data firms out there that are brilliant as well spriff check them out um and and you know stuff like um what's it Where, who did simon gates used to work for what was his name? um oh, yeah great data out there do check out simon gates by the way he's uh just on freelance and now he's a business generation machine for, uh, for uh outsourcer 
what and what an amazing guy that is. Right, let's quickly nip back. So this is the northeast, northwest, and outer London. Out inner London is all the core postcodes of N, N, W, E, S, E, S, W, and the central bits. This is more anything, the rest of it. So that's basically the donut, which is within the M25 and just outside the M225. Again, it's going really well there, mate. And look, look at the difference, this bottom line here, of the difference between what's a listing and what's selling. I mean, these are lovely low numbers here. Mm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Again, anyone that can't see this, you can download them for your own benefit. Uh, Scotland, Southeast and Southwest. Southeast doing well. Scotland doing well. Southwest doing well. Green is good. Red is bad. And then we've got Wales, West Midlands and Yorkshire and Humber. And again, mostly greens on the red. You know, now again, I know we had the reds from um, from the first start of the year. But, um, but again, as we move on, it's more greens on the right, which is what we like. Okay. Um, any anything that you want to talk about? Actually, um, just to not confuse people, Yorkshire and Humber, SSTC, yep. the colour coding is in reverse. So it's actually positive, not negative. Oh, do you know? I tell you what, I mean, look, this has got 300 lines in it. It took hours. Oh, no, listen, not a criticism. Just want to make sure the Yorkshire and Humber guys know that actually sold subject to contract is performing really well. It's up to 1800 versus a low of 800 at the start of the year. Yeah, they are wrong. I'll get that sorted out. I will punish myself severely on that one. Thank you, Ben. Right then, shall we now move on and talk about... We, so we've done the national stats. We've done the regional stats. Now let's move on and look at a town or a city. And this week, we're going to Wales. Oh, my favourite. Okay, so we're going to Swansea, okay? Okay, so let's uh, go and have a look. Hold on, and we'll get that shared. And we are going to start off with Swansea. So today we are looking at Swansea and we're looking at Swansea itself and the and greater Swansea around, which is the postcodes of SA1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 and 9. OK, so some of that will be small suburban towns on the outside. Is that fair? The bottom line is there are nine postcode towns for Swansea. And I just took the decision just to do it in one lump. Okay. So what we're looking at here is residential sales for new instructions. And the first thing is here is the number of new instructions. And red is the number of new listings this year. Dark blue is 22 and turquoise is 21. So again, you can quite clearly see that the average number of um so the number of new listings coming on the market is growing. So I'll keep talking and you jump in whenever you think it's appropriate, okay? Well, I mean, yeah, it looks like it's absolutely bang on. March it looks like it's going to be very similar. We're looking at the first two weeks of March. So, yeah, nice consistency. Wow, Shall Dawson's, wow. Right, so what we're now going to do is we're individually going to look at the agents in terms of new instructions because, again, agents love new instructions um and and just you know decide and just have a chat about them so the first off that we're going to look so again let's just make a mental note here that the average price of a property that's come on the market in the last two and a bit years because we've gone from the first of jan 21 to today has been 239185 when we click on the agent we will be able to see what their average price was and what their mix of new listings is. So just make a mental note, boys and girls, of the shape of this graph. And we'll first off, we'll click on early doors with Dawson's, okay? Dawson's, damn good estate agency in Swansea, run by Chris Hope. Um, I, I've known him for a while. Top, top chap. Um, I think he's a member of RAN, which you're not a member of RAN, are you? You're, you're right. guild, aren't you? Uh, above. Sorry? Neither of the above, actually. Neither of the above. Of course, you're fine in country. So other affiliate programs are available. <laughs> okay. So um, as you can quite clearly see, their average price point is 260, which means they obviously put slightly, you know, more middle uh, properties, uh, slightly higher properties on, but nothing silly. Um, apart from that little spike in uh, around 21, their, their market share for new listings has remained pretty stable, hasn't it? Shall I just keep going and you shout up? Yeah, yeah go. I mean, 20% above 20% market share. Phenomenal. Right. Uh, Chris right. is also a fine country licensee. Is he? 
Yes, well, he is. Then he must be salt of the earth, a decent person. A absolutely wonderful yeah, human being. There you go. There you go. Uh, other other posh end uh, franchises <laughs> are available. Are they though? Do you want to name a couple of them? Because I can't think of any. Okay, well, I have to say that just to cover my backside then. Okay, <laughs> okay then. <laughs> right, um, next one, John Francis. Um, now, their average market share for the last year, two and a bit years, has been 11.95%, which is hovering around here. So that shows me that their market share has been slightly on the drift. That's not a criticism. That's just, just looking at what they're... Now, I do know for a fact they, they have two offices covering. So out of two offices, having that sort of market share is yeah. is impressive. But whether there are other agents with more offices, I don't know. But as I said, it's, it's, us, for, it's, not, it's us to show the facts, not why, because we, we're not part of it. Interestingly, their average price is 224 compared to 239. So obviously they go for slightly the lower to middle market to have that price. Clee Tomkinson and Francis, their market share is an average of 10.2 in the last, uh, um, and again, this is the, uh, we talked before, the, the 20 EA Insights platform, which you can you can have for your own area. It looks like their market share has actually been growing. And again, um, Chris Thomas at, at Clee Tomkinson and Francis, um, I, I've known him for a while, decent agent, they're going well. Again, shout up if there's anything that you want to. Well, nice growth though. I mean, that's, yeah, they've had a good couple of years, haven't they? Up to 15% currently, very nice. Okay, so Peter Allen, um, th their average is 7.38 and they looks like they've been bumbling along. So neither growth nor 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 dropping, uh, you know, again, we'll just keep going. Purple Bricks. Well, okay, looks like they had a good Jan 21 and they've had a bad... F23, but they've been bumbling quite nicely at 5.91. And we're going to come and talk about the level of, of stock that online agents have in Swansea. I'm going to surprise you, it's nearly double the national average. Really? Yeah. Okay, we'll go to Astley's now. That's run by Matthew. Uh, he's an old school estate agent. Um, he, um, he he prides himself on his service because again, I'm being in the industry that I'm in, I talk to an awful lot of estate agents, and it looks like he's doing okay there, doesn't it? Okay, let's go and have a look at Belvoir. Uh, again, I know they've got into say I used to work for Belvoir. You got Ben uh, and James and, and Daisy and the team there. Number of offices. It looks like they're doing all right, doesn't it? Uh, okay, um, Fresh looks like they had a good um, a good twenty one. Sullivan's. Ooh, they're doing quite well, aren't they? And uh, number eighty-six, we've got Katie and the team. That, that's not that's nice. That's nice growth, that is, isn't it? I know it's from lower bet, low base. Well, actually, January twenty-one to February twenty-three, they're more or less at the same position, aren't they? Right now, yes. the um, the property count, Chris, it, it, what does that number represent? Current or over that period of time? Over that period of time. So you, okay. can, you can quite clearly see that in the Swansea property market, Dawson's take a 20% of the market, John Francis and Cleese take around 10% each. I mean, that's quite, that's quite, you know, to, to, for, to sorry, get your words out, Joaquin. That's not bad yeah, to have a gap in, in between. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's now move on and look at my favourite part of the graph, which is how efficient an estate agent is. So now we're looking at the last 12 months, okay? And we, we've done new instructions and new instructions market share. We've done all that. And I want us to move on and talk about these magic, which is exchanged versus withdrawn. This is my favorite graph of all time. This is my favorite part of, of the graph. And this shows you for every house that comes on the market, do you, you know, if you think about it, you either exchange or withdrawals, doesn't it? Comes off the box. And you, so the average in Swansea is 69.71%. So you can quite clearly see Dawson's market leader at 72. That, that, that's quite rare, that is, to have a figure above. Normally, when you're number one, you, you're... You it, it, it you throw a bit more to the to the wood and uh, to the wall. It doesn't stick so much. Again, just jump in. Cleve Tonkinson's, I mean, 77.9. That's really, really good. You've got <laughs> 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 insane. If you do this, if you can compare these guys to, to some of the data that I think is probably coming out of London, um, absolutely insanely successful business in Wales, just 
phenomenal. Okay, I will not mention names, but in the top three estate agents in London, okay, I'm not going to mention the names. <laughs> no, I'm not going to, because because honestly, um, you know, is this? I think people will guess. No, well, you, the, and they're allowed to. Yeah, we're not. You're not to say it. And if you I'm do, saying it, I'm, I'm going to be I'm not, okay. Right. I know. I'm on the show. I'm not. Right. One of the three estate agents exchanges contracts on 55% of the houses that they put on the market. The other one exchanges contracts on 27. Mm. Okay. Wow. I mean, that's 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 not a that's not a band. That's an orchestra gap. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. John Francis and Peter Allen at 62 and 68. Um, and then Astley's at 77 and Purple Bricks at 86. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Belvoir at 65. Now, um, I did pick up the phone to Belvoir and say, why is your figures that why is your figures a bit lower? Because I know you're a good estate agent. And interestingly, um, because that is quite, you know, that is that they multi-list. So when they put the house, they're, they're a big letting agent, massive letting agent in, in Swansea. They, they'll multi-list, so they'll put it on for sale and rent. And if it goes for rent, obviously it affects their figures. So, because they're, you know, everything else about them is really, really good. And I that just, so I had a word with them um, okay. on that one. So and n- number 86, 85% of everything that, that they put on the market will exchange contracts. I mean, th- that's quite nice and tight. And, uh, you know, that, so this yeah. is a estate agency. Let's look at price changes. So, again, Dawson's at 29, Cleese at 28, John Francis at 38, Peter Allen at 49. That's quite a big number, you know. <laughs> so, again, I'm Peter Allen, corporate estate agent, probably – um you know working their stock um you know the different people you know what's your thoughts on working stock <laughs> i mean the long and the short of it is if it's if it comes on at the wrong price then you've got to take action and so if that means they're willing to and you know you might look at 49 there are two i guess there are two arguments here the cynics will say what well, they're listing them high and they're getting it wrong and they're over promising um the other side might be well yeah they get it wrong at the start but they fix it soon enough and they're 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 providing a solution we all know what the consumer's like the consumer you know this is a show for estate agents so let's hope not too many of my consumers watch this but the consumers are the big biggest hypocrites out there they want everything for nothing and they want the highest price and they will push and push and push their agent to go on at that higher price we all know that we have to do our best to educate but at the end of the day that is their asset and they do get to set the price. It takes a really, really strong estate agent to walk away from a, a new listing um, if there's a disagreement on marketing price. I mean, of course, if they're outrageously wrong, then yeah, it, it may do damage to your business. But if they want to try the extra 5 or 10% and you've shown every reason why that's not correct and they promise you that they'll give it, you know, after two, three, four weeks, they'll adjust the price, then I argue that most agents will give that a go and they'll make the adjustment. And maybe that's what's happening at Peter Allen. And... Um- for God's sake, if you're a valuer, make sure you're the one that makes that call and don't leave it to the wet behind the ear neg that's only been in the business six months. You're the one that they chose on the sofa, so you're the one that should be doing the price reductions. Here's some just some lower some of the ones on the lower down the list in terms of listings. Um, again, here look online estate agents for new instructions nine point three percent in Swansea compared to the national average of six percent. And again, just come back. Let's just have a quick look at this, okay? Um, Yopa exchange rate of 83%. So it's very similar wow. to Purple Bricks at 86. That's, that is really interesting data. Okay. Now, interestingly, if you look at the national data, in mo- well, sorry, in the regional data, in most locations, it, and again, don't shoot the messenger, but in most locations, these online guys do actually exchange contracts on more houses than than the than a high street agent, and don't shoot the messenger. That's amazing. Look, I, 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 it seems like every time I'm on here, we have a chat about purple bricks, and I've got no problem with that. Uh, lots of what they did wasn't great for agency. Their marketing message for me just uh, commissary is just so clever. If you weren't in a state agency and you saw that, you would think it was clever. So I think they did some some really interesting things. But what I want to know is why so many of us in a state agency assume that Purple Bricks are doing a bad job if they're actually doing a good job. What? How is that the case that all of us, all of us, you know, is it is it bias? Is it 
is it certainly just wish they failed and but they're creating it's this... sentiment driven we, we are we are clouded you know we, if you look at the data and i'm not saying in all locations they're as good as that but in many locations because you know me i'm big you know and if you again if you go for the 20 the, the insights platform I'm, again i'm not selling it it will show you what these agents are doing in your location but the simple fact is 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 that the the stats are the stats i guess you know what it is though the negativity makes a lot more noise than positivity and so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of purple bricks haters out there that will tell, do everything in their power to tell you how bad they are um as it happens we, you know we we mystery shop agents in our area at one time purple bricks was an agent and we mystery shop them and the truth is the individual not the purple bricks brand but the individual wasn't strong and they were i think they were under trained under skilled and they were presenting in a way that just for me wasn't wasn't strong enough but she's clearly not a representation of the entire business because look how they're performing in other areas and as I said every town is different and i do the, i'm on this all the time but in a lot of occasions they are one of the best they're not the best everywhere but they are one of the best in, in more often than not again just bottom right hand corner shows you the, the the growth of new instructions should we now move on and talk about what agents get for their properties so basically in the last 12 months the average property if an average agent put on a two hundred fifty thousand pound property what would he, each agent get for it and that's this column here okay just see that column here so the so again because things are beginning over asking prices that figures higher because remember we're looking back in time so you know that, sorry so belvoir so here we go to the top where we go. Dawson's would get 259,000 for an average house, whilst Cleese would get 253, John Francis 262, Peter Allen 262, Assis 257. So if you're trying to prove to a homeowner that you're worth the higher fee, this particular um, page on 20EA, and you'd be amazed how many uh franchises have this but you know fine you guys in the guild have it and i know an awful lot of other franchises have it the data's there to prove that you're worth the fee so let me let's use peter allen as the example yes. and, and just break this down for people because based on the last uh page we were looking at you might say well peter allen they reduce 49 percent of their properties yes but the counter is they also achieve twelve thousand pound above that 250k mark which is astonishing. Yeah. So if you look at the this column here, which is overvalued from the automated valuation model. So what they've done is this. They've looked at, so Peter Allen, for example, they've looked at all of those 371 properties and they've done an automated valuation model is what I would call a ValPal figure. But obviously it's not ValPal because it's it, it's 20, yeah, on all of their properties. And then they've compared it to what Peter Allen put it on the market for. And they've done the same for all the other agents. Now, again, different agents are in different price bands. So what they've done is they've then just worked out the different percentage and then applied it to one price, which is a £250,000 house to level the playing field. Okay. Right? So therefore, Peter Allen have been overvaluing by 4.1% compared to Dawson's at 1.9, Clee's at 2.1, and John Francis at 2.7, Astley's at 1.34, Purple Bricks 2.2, and Belvoir at 2.72. So that's the asking price versus the automated valuation model. So Peter Allen have been, uh, been overvaluing. If, or being, okay, that's not said in a critical way, but that's a simple fact, that's what the graph says. The price then achieved from... The, the price achieved on the land registry from the original asking price is on this one here. So Dawson's, I've got 1.8% less than the asking, uh, more than the asking price. John Francis, 2.5. And Peter Allen, 0.3. So and they are still, even though they overvalue, they're still achieving more than the overvaluation. Yes, even though they're reducing 49% of the properties they list. Yes. You can see how it might be confusing for agents. Yes. <laughs> I do know that they're working on this to make this a bit more user-friendly. And they do. <laughs> the thing is, though, they they have training on how to get how to get you through this. But again, it's like most things is this, is you spend the time going through the data, there is gold in there. You know, you have to move tons of dirt, but there is gold in there to prove that you're worth the fee. Let's move on and look about how agents actually in Swansea get their properties shifted. 
And we can quite clearly see here. So you've got new instruction to solve the contract and the agents that seem to sell the quickest, let's just put them in order, is number 86. Well, they'll sell in the last year, 26 days from new instruction through to solve the contract. But their solve the contract completion rate is 119 days. Which means if you actually add them all together, here we go. Sullivan's at a hundred. Uh, so, so from new instruction to completion, 138 days. Number 86, 145 days. Clee Thompson, 169 days. Peter Allen, 199 days. So between top and bottom, there's quite a difference there. And again, if you are dealing with a vendor who's looking to move quickly, this data will show you, well, a, you've got a greater chance of selling with me. And also, this is the data that proves that I get it through quicker. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a, with Peter Allen versus Sullivan, it's almost an extra third. I mean, that is that is significant, yeah? And that is not a criticism of Peter Allen, okay? Because Peter Allen, if memory, Peter Allen was one of the best with the price. If you Can you remember that? So, yes, Peter Allen were one of the... Was it Peter? Oh, yes, it was Peter yeah, Allen. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Peter Allen will get you an extra five or six grand more compared to most but you have to wait longer for it. Yeah. Time versus money. And and that's, yeah, that's the three things, isn't it? What's most important to you, service, speed, or price? And you need to assess your consumer and make sure your, your offering solves the specific problem they're presenting. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so again, I think there's some nice figures there. There's nothing untoward. All agents doing quite well. Just use the data to your advantage. Let's now move on and finally leave at lettings. And again, open rentals, I would expect to be the number one, because again, they're more, more private landlords use them. Peter Allen. So again, this is in the last 12 months. Now I must stress, boys and girls, this is the number of properties that have been coming on the market. And in the last 12 months, an awful lot of you have not been putting your new instructions on and putting them straight to letter greeds. As you can see, number three, fresh estate agents and letting agents, They've put houses on the market, but all of them have withdrawn. So they've they've left them on and just took them off. So again, that's the anomalies of this. But I think it's just nice to see, you know, the, the properties that are coming on the market. I can't see anything. That, and again, there's a lot of student properties in student, which are going to skew the figures up as well. Anything you want to add here? I can't see that much. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 having run a lettings business or a reasonable size lettings business for quite a few years back in the good old days, Lettings data was always that bit more tricky to assess. It was, you know, you didn't get the same quality of data. People behaved or businesses behaved in slightly different ways. And from what I understand it, the last year, lots of businesses are reluctant to even advertise all their properties because of the amount of activity. So, so I completely get it. Okay, so um, that's the end of today's show. Uh, in a second, I'm going to go to Ben just to give his roundup of, of, of the stats. As I said, the stats are available to download on the YouTube, in the YouTube descriptions for your own personal benefit. Um, each, each week, we'll be choosing a city or a town. Next week, uh, I've already decided uh, it's going to be Oxford, which we are going to be um doing and uh the person who is going to be uh in your hot seat is going to be hold on there we go ian white oh ian, good old ian ian white and then the week after all being well we have richard durant who works for ran okay because i think it's only fair that we've got the guild coming on with ian a few weeks ago and then we're going to have Richard as well. If you are a bit of a data geek yourself and you love data like this and you would like to be sat where he sat, then give me a shout and we'll do a little mini audition. It won't be that much, but it? it wasn't that bad, was it, Ben? No, no. I mean, I, yeah, still, I'm still recovering, but uh, yeah, it was okay. Good stuff. I'd love love you to be involved, uh, particularly um, um, if you love data. Uh, it's really important. So please do, if you're watching this and you love and you get something and you've got something to add, please do give me a shout. Ben, final thoughts before we go. A couple of things. Firstly, I'm I'm really astonished and impressed with Purple Bricks' results uh, or results in Swansea. Um, and last time I was on, we were talking about something very similar in Coventry. Purple Bricks have great results in Coventry. I know we, as an industry, we're hypercritical of Purple Bricks. What I would say to agents out there is think about the sort of consumer that they attract and the way they structure their fees. They get that commitment. They get very committed sellers who have maybe got skin in the game early. Now, I'm not saying reinvent your business, but what I am saying is there's definitely a lesson there. 
that they're getting and they're attracting the sort of buyers, excuse me, the sort of sellers that are going to transact. And in a year where we're looking at less transactions, maybe it's time to consider how you structure your fees, how you deliver value that attracts the sort of consumers that guarantee you'll be doing transactions this year rather than the, oh, we're going to dip our toe in and have a look sort of consumers that are going to be out there. So that's my first observation. Um, secondly, I think it's, I think we're seeing an improvement. I think we're seeing improved sentiment. Anecdotally, agents I speak to up and down the country are reporting reasonably positive experiences in terms of stock coming to the market and properties going under offer. But the, the, the razor sharp focus has got to be on pipeline conversion. And it's all too easy to get, you know, it's rainbows, it's unicorns, it's, you know, it's, it's ringing the deals bell when something goes under offer. And I'm not saying don't celebrate the wins. Of course, celebrate the under offer. But no one is getting paid on your under offer. You need to get through to exchange. You need to work completion. And if I could advise any agents out there, it's razor sharp focus on progressing your deals effectively, working with great conveyances. They do exist. They are out there. Um, and, and making sure that this year is a year, you know, it's not going to be the best year of your life, but it's good. It doesn't have to be the worst either. If you, if you, I think if you focus there. Thank you for your time to Ben. Thank you for watching this. And we, I will look forward to seeing you next week where we do week 11 and tell you what's happening in the property market. Thank you, estate agents. Thank you, letting agents and property geeks. And finally, thank you, Ben, for your fantastic insight. And we look forward to seeing you all being well in around a month's time, uh, where we'll have you back all being well for some more data geek gorgeousness. Thanks very much. Thank you. Goodbye.